and through a chink between two jars she saw him standing right in front of her. She had slid down until her gaze was level with his belt. She cringed even lower, dropping as far below his line of sight as she could. He took a jar off the shelf and smashed it to the ground. The smell of pickles, sharp and vinegary, rose up from the stone floor. He reached for a second jar, then suddenly put it back, as though a better thought had occurred to him. He turned and walked up the cellar steps, yanking the light chain as he exited. Once again she was in darkness. She realized she had been crying. Her face was wet, sweat mingling with tears, but she didn't dare release even a whimper. Upstairs the footsteps creaked toward the front of the house, and then there was silence. Had he left? Had he finally gone away? She remained frozen, not daring to move. The minutes went by. She counted them off slowly in her head. Ten. Twenty. Her muscles were cramping, the spasm so painful she had to bite her lip to keep from crying out. An hour. Two hours. Still no sound from above. Slowly she emerged from the hiding place. She stood in the darkness, waiting for the blood to recirculate in her muscles, for the feeling to come back in her legs, listening, the whole time listening. She heard nothing. The cellar had no window, and she didn't know if it was still dark outside. She stepped through the broken glass on the floor and crossed to the stairs. She climbed them one at a time, pausing after each step to listen some more. When at last she reached the top, her palms were so slick she had to wipe them off on her blouse before she could open the cellar door. The lights were on in the kitchen, and everything looked startlingly normal. She could almost believe the horror of last night was simply a bad dream. A clock ticked loudly on the wall. It was 5 a.m., still dark outside. She tiptoed to the kitchen doorway and peered into the hall. One glimpse at the splintered furniture, the splashes of blood on the wallpaper, told her she had not been dreaming. Her palms were wet again. The hallway was deserted and the front door hung open. She had to get out of the house, run to the neighbors, run to the police. She started up the hall, each step bringing her closer to escape. Terror had primed her five senses to such acuity that she registered every fragment of splintered wood on the floral carpet, every tick of the clock in the kitchen behind her. She was almost at the front door. Then she cleared the banister and came within view of the stairs, where her mother had toppled head down. She couldn't stop herself from staring at the body, at her mother's long hair draping the steps like black water rippling downhill. Nausea surging up in her throat, she lurched toward the front door. He was standing there. In his hand was an axe. With a sob, she spun around and darted up the stairs, almost slipping on her mother's blood. She heard him pounding up the steps after her. She had always been faster than he, and terror made her fly up the stairs like a panicked cat. 
On the second floor landing, she caught a glimpse of her father's body, lying halfway out of his bedroom doorway. There was no time to think about it, no time to absorb the horror. She was already dashing up the next flight of stairs and into the turret room. She slammed the door and latched it just in time. He gave a roar of rage and began pounding on the closed door. She scurried over to the window and forced it open. Staring down at the ground far below, she knew she could not survive a fall. But there was no other way out of the room. She yanked on a curtain, pulling it off the rod. A rope! Have to make a rope! She tied one end to a radiator pipe, wrenched a second curtain down, and tied the two lengths of fabric together. A loud thud sent a splinter of wood flying at her. She glanced back and to her horror saw the tip of the axe poking through the door. Saw it pried loose again for the next swing. He was breaking through. She yanked down a third curtain and with shaking hands knotted it to the first two.